Welcome to the Write It Down podcast with the 1513 Network. I'm Brooke Murata, bringing you one-on-one interviews to challenge, inspire, and encourage. Up next is our very first Hollywood actor, Ed Marinero. He's played Officer Joe Coffey on the hit series Hill Street Blues. He also portrayed Coach Marty Daniels on the comedy series Blue Mountain State. Ed is featured in the Sopranos prequel movie, The Many Saints of Newark, that released in 2021. He is also a former NFL player and had two Super Bowl appearances. In 1991, he was inducted into the College Football Hall of Fame. His accolades are stacked high, but his humility is even higher. So sit back, relax, and get your pens ready because this is Write It Down. Welcome to the Write It Down podcast. I'm your host, Brooke Murata, on the phone with Ed Marinero. Ed, I've Wanted to say marinara, like marinara sauce, so many times as I've read your name, but it's marinaro. Do you? Do right. people? Well, you're, you're not the first person was, to do that. I, I was I've just had gonna to correct say a lot of people. I was just gonna say, say I had to live with a nickname sauce for sauce. Uh, for a long time. So wait, that's a sweet nickname though, sauce. <laughs> that's like that's yeah. that's a good one. That's not a weak name. I like that. So maybe I'll start calling you sauce on today's show just because I might mess up your last name. But um, you know, when you're an, when you're an athlete, you don't want to be referred to as like something you would that you would eat. eat. Yeah, so. <laughs> I guess. But people say juice on the field. Like juice is like something you drink, but. It's also a nickname on the field. So I totally, I, I totally understand that, but Sauce is a really sweet name. But all right, Ed, I'm super excited to have you on the show. Um, we can talk sports. We can talk Hollywood. We can talk a lot of different things. We can talk travel. Um, without going too far into your story, without you telling it yourself, uh, you were runner-up for the Heisman Trophy in 1971. You went to Cornell University. Uh, you were a tailback. Uh, You had so many accomplishments on the football field, but then you broke the mold and kind of went into acting um, at a young, younger age uh, within your career. So, Ed, why don't you tell us a little bit of your journey through football and then why you went onto the big screen? Well, uh, you have to put it in the context of the time, uh, the the time period. Um, This is we're talking about my career in you know, I went, was in college in the late 60s, early 70s, and my, my NFL career was early 70s to, to, you know, kind of late 70s. So it was a whole different world as far as media. Mm-hmm. Uh, see, there was no uh, social media. Uh, you know, there were only three networks, you know, ABC, CBS, and NBC. And then uh, later on... Uh, you know, Fox came along. Um, so it's, it's hard for a lot of younger people to, to even imagine that. Um, so it was, it was kind of a different world, I think, which as far as Hollywood goes and even sports, um, it, it, to, to get recognition, to get, uh, exposure was, was, uh, much more organic back then. You, you kind had to deserve it you couldn't do a lot of self self promotion um anyway so i when when i was playing in the nfl i uh you know i was um you know i i I don't know i'm I'm trying to think how i uh, joe namath is is a a dear friend of mine Mm -hmm. still is to this day and i don't know if you know joe joe was first guy i think who really 
kind of uh, broke the mold of NFL of us of professional athletes. He was a uh, you know very charismatic, good-looking guy playing in New York City, and you know started doing a, a lot of commercials. Started you know being in movies and TV shows. Right. And, so he and I were were friends. I met him when I was still in college, and he kind of like a, was a big brother to me. And yeah, so he he kind of got me interested just by my my friendship with him yeah and and you know possibilities of you know being going to hollywood and taking a shot you know mm-hmm. and um during after my fourth year in the nfl i i um i went i left the vikings i played with minnesota for four years and then i became a free agent and i signed with the new york jets but in between that off season i moved out to los angeles and got into an acting uh, workshop. Um, you know, I was single and had no real uh, uh, ties anywhere at that point. Um, so it was it was uh, it was interesting. You know, I you know I, my expectations. I don't know what they were, but you know they they were just uh, you know a single guy mm-hmm. off season. What the hell? I go out there and. I got into acting workshop and enjoyed, you know, the Southern California for about three months. And then I went and played for the Jets and I got into an acting class there. You know, I enjoyed, I mean, I enjoyed it. You know, I, I thought I was pretty good at it and I got a pretty good response from people. You know, I, was, I used to be a really good looking guy. When I was young. <laughs> um, you still are. I saw pictures but, online. Not used well, to be, but you, well, you were whatever. Yeah. I'm a I'm a good looking older guy. Now. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But, okay, got it. Got yeah, it. I mean, you the know, category was, uh, changed. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, I mean, you know, I was, um, you know, I, I sort of fit right into that era. You know, I, right. you know, I was, uh, uh, you know, uh, they, they weren't hiring me. They didn't hire me because I was Marlon Brando. They hired me because I take my shirt off. I could take my shirt <laughs> off and. That's hilarious. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so, you know, I, I got, I went out to Hollywood and, and, uh, when my career was over, I, uh, you know, a lot happened before mm-hmm. my career was over, but that's another long story. But, right. you know, when, when my career was over, I moved out to LA full time. I, I was lucky to have an agent. I had my screen actors guild card, my, you know, my union card, mm-hmm. which is, yeah. um, you know, that's really kind of uh, one of the challenges for a new actor is getting an agent and getting a, a union card. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. you can't get a job unless you have a union card and uh, you, you can't get an agent unless you, you have a union card. So it's sort of you have to kind of navigate that. Right. But I was able to do it because I, you know, I did some commercials as a football player. So I was already in the Screen Actors Guild and. You know, I was a well well known enough person to uh, to get an agent. You know, people you know took a shot with me when mm-hmm. I had an agent. So when I moved out to Hollywood, you know, I just became like uh, you know a full time actor, uh, or tried to be. You know, there was a, certainly a a an adjustment, a mental adjustment from you know being a professional athlete, professional football player. And, um, you know, going into this, uh, you know, entertainment industry or, or acting, you know, your whole mindset is, uh, 
is very different. You know, I, I mean, as an athlete, you know, it's all about, <clears throat> I guess you could say intimidation. It's, it's whole, all about, you know, hiding your emotions and, you know, never showing fear or defeat or, or any of that. And then, uh, you know, you go to this, uh, you know, acting and it's all about showing emotion and, mm-hmm. and fear and, and all that. And, and that, you know, that initially was a, a challenge for, it would be a challenge for anybody, I think, you know, any ex-athlete, but so, you know, my acting, acting class was, was, was fun. You know, I was doing it. Um, I was actually, I studied acting for about two years before I got my first real real job you know that i kind of earned as an actor i had done a few little things as ed marinero but you know then i you know auditioning for things and i finally got uh uh you know my first role was one line then my second role was six lines and then i uh i auditioned for a role on the show uh, laverne and shirley I don't know if you remember that one, but um, what was that about? Yeah, was, well, uh, Laverne Shirley was a sitcom with uh, Penny Marshall and Cindy Williams. It was like one of the top ten shows on television at the time. It was a you know, very popular, very popular show. Um, okay. The same people who did Happy Days. Oh wow! I yeah, I know. Yeah. Happy yeah. Days. Well, yeah. Laverne Laverne and Shirley was like a very very popular show. Okay. Anyway, so I I got a gig, a guest starring gig on. The next year, they they offered me a recurring role on the show, which I did for half of a season. And then um, they didn't renew my contract for the rest of the season. So I was, again, you know, pretty new in the business and out of work. Mm -hmm. And um, about three or four months later, I auditioned for a role in Hill Street Blues, um, which you know, at the time was the first year of the show. And it was, uh, I didn't know it at the time, you know, but it was this very critically acclaimed show. If you, mm-hmm. if you, uh, if you do any, if you look up Hill Street Blues, it was probably the a groundbreaking yeah. yep. show. It was, you know, it, it defied all the odds, you know, nobody was, there were no, you know, it wasn't Charlie's Angels or Chips. It was like a real gritty, ugly realistic show and and Mm -hmm. and it just sort of resonated for the times and anyway i i I did a guest starring role on that i did four episodes and then was supposed to be killed off at the last episode and they liked what i was doing so they brought me back as a regular character and i did six years six years on the show and that was that was probably that certainly was my biggest break it sort of gave me a, a kind of uh credibility that yeah. I didn't I didn't deserve at the time you know I was so new mm-hmm. but but because the actors were so good and the writing was so good it was almost like I couldn't screw it up um so it made me look good mm-hmm. and and um yeah so that was that was a great learning a place to learn working with so many good people and right. you know it, it elevated me uh, uh, probably like I said earlier than I should have, but you know, that sort of kickstart more than kickstarted my career. It just uh, put me in a different place after the show was over. You know, I continued to to work and did 
I did four or five other TV series. I did many TV movies. Um, you know, I play in the the boyfriend. Uh, <laughs> I was the either the nice boyfriend or the jerky boyfriend, but I was yeah. I was the boyfriend. The boyfriend. So with yeah. Hill Street Blues, um, what was for our audience? What was the premise of Hill Street Blues, and what was your character? Uh, well, it was a like a it was a fictitious city in America. They never said what city it was, which was kind of interesting that they could do a show for seven years and never identify with a. But yeah. it's a specific city, Setting, but it, it, yeah. it was it was probably, you know, uh, sort of geared or, or modeled after like a Chicago. Okay. And it was about a police station, a police precinct, and there were thirteen characters in the show, and um, uh, we, you know, the show was, uh, like I said, sort of brown groundbreaking. Um, it was popular in Europe before it was even that popular in the U.S., but it was nominated at the time uh, after its run. It was it had set a record for most Emmy nominations wow. and most Emmys won. And we dominated for like six or seven years. Um, yeah, it was the show that everybody wanted to do in Hollywood because it was such a well done you know for its time you know mm -hmm. if you if you, you could probably go online and watch an episode and see how you know real it looked it was very you know there were camera techniques that would never been done before like mm -hmm. a handheld camera and it looked very messy it wasn't like you know your standard um uh tv you know right. episodic tv show yeah yeah for where so, it was like um the recording mostly done was it on a lot um and what lot was it out in california yeah we used to do it uh we did did it at a studio um it was mtm which is was mary tyler moore's company produced the show mm -hmm. and it was uh cbs radford studios in the valley and we would probably be in the studio maybe it took eight days to do one episode eight working days okay so we were probably in in the studio maybe half of the time and out on location the other half we would shoot downtown los angeles and in like the worst parts of town i mean it was it was scary sometimes wow yeah and, and you uh, were an officer in the show so what was that like getting in the character to be a police officer well, you know, uh, it was, see, the show was more about people who were cops rather than, you know, about cops. Mm -hmm. I mean, that it was the, it was, you know, obviously we, we had people um, who were around law enforcement people who were, you know, showing us proper technique when, you know, arresting somebody and, and uh, trying to be authentic with that kind of stuff. Right. But it was really about the characters and you know their personalities, and it, I think it portrayed law enforcement. We we became really popular among real cops uh, all over the world. Mm -hmm. I mean, we we you know we went to, we did a tour where we went to Amsterdam and London and Italy, and and uh, we were embraced, you know, by by law enforcement all over the world because we portrayed them as real people. Yeah. And, 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 uh, 
again, this was a different time when law enforcement was looked upon in a different way. But anyway, so that was, uh, right. you know, learning, learning the, uh, you know, that was only part of it. It was just not a big part of it, but we wanted to be as authentic as possible. But it was mostly, you know, it was, it was great, great character stuff. That's what made the show fun to do as an actor. It was like yeah. character stuff. We weren't just running around shooting people and arresting people. We, you know portrayed the it was it was very behind the cop yeah and what's great about it is it gave you like you said kind of a leg to stand on in the the acting industry um but fast forward a couple years later you got inducted to the college football hall of fame so what was that like kind of having to go back and forth between you're an actor and you're you're making it in hollywood to like oh remembering your roots of um college football you know, obviously, that's a it's a it's a great honor, you know. And um, you know, for me, it was it was nice to go back there and um, you know, having achieved a certain amount of success in a totally different uh, you know different area. Yeah. You know, being um, you know, I, I mean, I I was still kind of um, relevant as far as you know public perception you know people knew me a lot of people knew me only as a an actor at that point rather than than uh, as a football player and you know even today it's i mean i think it's it's satisfying in a way to even at my age right now to be still be kind of relevant yeah um in a whole different area i mean more there's probably all there's the generation that knows me as a football player, you know, they're, they're kind of old, but you know, people know me as an actor are kind of, uh, you know, more hip and with it. Well, you know, I did a, a show. I don't know if you, you, you yeah, I'm sure you, I did a show called blue mountain state, which was a, a comedy about a college football team. And I was the coach and it, it became a, a bit of a cult hit. Um, it was on, it was on Spike TV for three years. Then it was on Netflix for four years. And, uh, you know, it's still, uh, there's a whole generation, right? probably of 18 to 30 year old men who grew up watching the thing. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of been fun for me to have a, you know, a second shot at it and uh, with a whole different, um, demographic. Right. Well, I mean, and it's, it's, it's super neat to kind of hear you talk about just, all the little things that added up for you to become an actor because it's easy to, you know, sit there and consume a TV show or a movie and just be like, Oh, that's an actor. But like in your head, because you guys are portraying somebody else, it's hard for the audience to like even envision like normal life for actors. And so it's really neat to just kind of hear you, you know, talk about, um, getting your, you know, your union card, um, becoming a member of SAG and then to get an agent and then just get these bookings. And then people like your livelihood is semi on the line when you're only written in for four episodes and then to be killed off. And then they're like, you know what? No, I like this guy. Let's keep him. These are all things that we are not privy to when we're watching a show or when we're watching a movie. So it's just super neat to just kind of see that. And then again, you're, you're doing well in this um, arena of life. And then, you know, you've also been to su- two Super Bowls. Like, this is just like such a wide variety of, of talent and um, just connection that you have as a person. And it's just super neat to hear. 
We're going to take a quick break to discuss Write It Down's brand new website. You can head over to widpod.com, W-I-D-P-O-D.com, and see all the goods. You'll notice a banner at the top of the page that says Learn More. If you click that link, it'll show you how you can support Write It Down. P.S. My favorite part about the website is the Wid Wall, which is a collection of all the Write It Downs from the show. This podcast is made possible by the 1513 Network. So, show the network some love and support by listening to their other shows. If not, just stick with Write It Down, because I'm the coolest, the realest, the illest. Now, back to the show. I was reading up on you a little bit, and I saw that you played the role of Jilly Ruffalo. That's true, right? That's not... It's not fiction. That's fact. Uh, in in the Sopranos movie. Yes, this that's like as of last year. This movie, right? Okay, right, right. right, right. So tell me about um, what it was like to be a part of a big a big time movie. I mean, the the Sopranos is is a huge. I mean, dynasty, so to speak. So tell us a little bit about that. The movie is called The Many Saints of Newark, right? Um, and okay. I always want to say me, New me, York, but okay, it's Newark, right. Jersey. He, 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 here, here's here's the deal. Again, just give you a little. I'll give you a little backstory. Mm-hmm. When they were casting the the show, The Sopranos. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many years ago was mm-hmm. that? Ten, ten years ago, maybe. Yeah. I auditioned for the show as uh, for Tony Soprano, mm-hmm. the the lead, uh, and David Chase, who's the producer creator. You know, we, I met him and they liked my audition and they brought me back to do it again. You know, they, I was in consideration for the role. Now, obviously, mm-hmm. I didn't get the role. And during the course of the the uh, the series, I had auditioned for a couple of roles for the on the show and didn't get any of them. But, you know, but <clears throat> so I auditioned for the movie. And I auditioned for one role and I didn't get the role, but then they came back and asked me to do a different role, which was this uh, Jilly Ruffalo. Mm-hmm. So I did, I, you know, they, I went to New York. I, I, you know, did all this stuff, got ready. I shot for three days up in, in New Jersey. And <clears throat> then they um, fast forward, they cut my scenes out of the movie <laughs> Mm. so um which is not unusual i kind of know why they did it it was a story line issue that they uh if you haven't seen the movie you know you wouldn't understand and you know i i kind of know why they did it but um anyway but they, they i did a voiceover in the movie which i actually did one line which is really kind of funny I had one line that they used in the movie, so they put me in the credits. <laughs> they what? kept me in the credits in the movie. Wait, but so, still, that's an accomplishment. I yeah, mean, you know, I, you know what? I was, I, I had two really nice scenes in the movie that that I was looking forward to, and they and they just didn't use them. And uh, you know, they, uh, um, you know, the. Are you familiar with the show? Did you watch no, the show? No, I haven't. There? I have not watched the show. I have heard I should watch the show, but yeah, I am the it's world's really a great, it's worst a great show, show watcher. Okay. I just anyway, can't. <laughs> not just that. It's like my roommates always give me crap for it because they're, they're like, Brooke, we start a show. And then I don't, it's not about losing interest. I just forget to go back and watch the second episode because I'm normally really busy, but I would like to watch it. Is that one of your faves or, or what's yeah, that was, that was, that was probably the last show that I ever like really, 
And again, this was before streaming mm-hmm. where um, you had to watch it on the, I, I think it was on Sunday night at nine o'clock. You, you had to watch it right. unless you, you T-vote it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it was really like appointment TV. Now you, uh, you know, you can go back and binge watch like five episodes at a time. So, yeah. But that was the last show. It was really, really good. Really, really good. Okay. One of, my, one of my favorites. Yeah. I'll have to watch it. So where you're at now, are you done acting? Or are there certain things on the horizon that you're going to audition for? Uh, well, um, I did a movie about a year ago that um, kind of like a holiday movie. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like a... Uh, um, hallmark type movie i'm not sure where where it's gonna be but they uh it was supposed to be on last christmas then it was supposed to be done you know we didn't do the movie until it's about six months ago or seven months ago and it was supposed to air this holiday season now i i just found out that it's going to be on next holiday season next christmas okay so um you know, I, I, I still, you know, I'm available to do things. I've sort of um, kind of put my career a little bit on hold since my, um, for my son. You know, I didn't, I did, I did a Hallmark movie about a year and a half, two years ago, and I was gone for three weeks during Thanksgiving, and I, I swore I'd never do that again. Yeah. You know, it would be away from my son and my family, and um, now he's off at college, so I'm, you know, I'm a little bit more proactive. Um, right. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't really, you know, I, I don't want to really travel that much. I don't want to be far away for any length of time. You know, I, I like working. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's just nice to know that you can still do it. That's the, well, probably the, one of the better things about being an actor is you can, you know, actors don't retire. They either die or they can't remember their lines anymore right right so uh so it's nice to know that you know occasionally people will remember me and want want to put me in something but you know frankly you get to a point in your career where there aren't a lot of roles written for uh you know my age group and Mm -hmm. and there's still probably a lot of actors so it's it's a lot more competitive right right it's a it's narrow gate so for for you personally, who is an actor or actress that you've looked up to um, in the way that they are on screen? Mm. That's that's a let me see. Who do I like? Um, uh, you know, I mean, I guess going up when I grew up, when I started out, you know, guys like uh, De Niro and Pacino, yeah. they were really, I was going to suggest know, De Niro. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're really, uh, they're, they're the guys. Really, uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know well, you that when, well, but yeah, well, when you, you know, it's funny when, you know, you were talking about how you, you know, when you, when you hear me talk about stuff, you know, it, it's stuff that, you know, fans, if you will, don't don't think about you know the the real inner workings of how a show is made and what an actor has to go through yeah um but you know it for me for and i think for most actors you know i don't think we can watch tv or movies the way you know like uh, somebody who's not in the industry can watch it i mean i look at everything i watch is 
you know, I'm pretty much watching it through the camera. You know, I, I know what's going on behind the camera when scenes are being shot. You know, and I I look at shots and I go, wow, that was hard to do that shot. Or how did they do that? You know, I, you know, I look at it from a very technical standpoint and right. it sort of takes away some of the magic. The, the, no, the joy of watching yeah. the show. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at it from a much more, not a critical eye, but I, you know, I, I, I know what's being done. done. You know, when yeah. you, when you see it, when you see a scene where a guy's crawling in the sand of a desert by himself, I know there's 50 people behind the camera watching you know doing the scene yeah so it's just different. anyway so yeah so when i look at actors and you know i i you know i can see them acting you know yeah. i can't get get you know i can't um fully immerse myself into the to the what's going on just is a little bit of a barrier because yeah. i know i know what they're doing so with with your career, who is probably one of the most famous people that you've ever interacted with? Not necessarily like on screen with, but someone that you've interacted with and you're like, huh. Interacted with. Uh, you know, I, my God, I've met, uh, you know, I've had dinner with presidents. Um, wow. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, I'm a, that's that's. I'm trying to think. You know, I've you know I've been fortunate enough to to do a lot. Know. So, who are some of the presidents that you've eaten with? Well, I, I had I had dinner with uh, Gerald Ford. He and I became kind of friendly. Uh, he was a golfer, and that's I did some yeah, golf tournament. Yeah, it was. Uh, and I I got to know his family. In fact, I was invited to his funeral. I was uh, in Palm Springs. Um, I met Bill Clinton quickly. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, you know, in in my in my travels, I've said hello to you know plenty of people. Yeah. Um, Man, so. I can only imagine. I mean, and plus, you've had just like a, a just a plethora of things that you've gone to over the years, so it's probably hard to to pinpoint. I don't know who the most famous person I've met either, but times are changing with fame. Now everybody's famous. You can be on TikTok, you'd be famous. So. It's just a little yeah, different. You know, that's, yeah, yeah, that's, it's, 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 it's sort of, uh, you know, I, again, I have a teenage son and, and I, it's hard for me to help him. He needs help, but I think he might, you know, just navigating this, this world he's in because, you know, you, uh, it's, it's, everybody has an opinion now mm -hmm. and they can voice it. And, and, you know, you have to be able to judge the source of these people. Yeah. Who are they and why, you know, I, I mean, I look at, you know, every day they somebody does something, and then they get re they get a response on Twitter. And right. who are these people on Twitter that are qualified to pass judgment on people? You know, it's, it's insane. I think uh, I think a lot of the issues that these young athletes today are having is they they listen to these people. Yep. I mean, and and you see all these athletes having mental health issues. Yeah. And God, I, I understand it. I mean, they, they live by, you know, what they, what Here. people are commenting on them on, on Twitter yep. and all, you know, you tell, you tell some woman, girl gymnast and one, one Twitter guy says he, she looks fat and she's going to go into, you know, into a tailspin, Yep. you know, I mean, you, you got to take the rough with the smooth and, you know, they get, 
you know so bad right now yeah it's like uh, well well it is i mean you because you know you give people a a voice that really yeah i don't want to say don't deserve a voice but they don't deserve the voice and who are you to comment on my you know on anything about me when you who are you you're you're sitting in your uh your basement at your mother's house exactly yep and there's there's so many opinions out there and and people are eating the wrong food so to speak and they're not feeding on truth anymore they're feeding on very flaky and harsh opinion and that is hard for anyone to survive in but let alone the generation coming up who really do want to be somebody or who do want to be an actor, a football player, basketball player, a a radio host or whatever it is. If you're, you know, consuming all these opinions out there, you're never going to be able to curate anything because you're so hyper aware of trash out there. And it'll really start to affect your, your mental health, your spiritual health, like anything that's, that's really, I mean, your emotional health. You know, Ed, I do want to ask you a couple rapid fire questions before we wrap this up and you give your your big write it down. Um, So these are a couple questions that um, will get you thinking. Uh, Would you rather act or play football? Um, Well, that's that's uh, that's a tough one, because, you know, a, a career as a football player is, you know, defined you can only play football for so long, but you, like I said, you can act until you die. Right. So it's not like apple. It's sort of like apples and oranges. You know, you, you, you have a, a finite time to play a sport, mm-hmm. you know, it's the, it's, it's just so it's, it's age related. You right. Know, the, you can't, especially for a sport like football, you know, you're the average lifespan of an NFL football player is three years. Wow. So, you know, yeah, that's, uh, that's something you can't really count on. Um, acting, you know, I'm, again, I'm like, uh, I've been doing it for 40 years. And, you know, I, I don't know whether my career is over or not. <laughs> right. I, I could, it could be over and I don't know it yet. Right. It's but, less um, definite. Yeah. 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 But I can do it as long as somebody will hire me. I'm, I'm sort of capable. I don't, certainly doesn't require the same commitment that football did right you know it's not it's not like uh you know you after a while you can if they want me to do it i can do it you know Mm -hmm. but football obviously i couldn't do it anymore right so what's more exhilarating going to the super bowl or a hollywood red carpet um Again, you know, first of all, as I said, it's 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 when I went to the Super Bowl, I went to two Super Bowls. It wasn't the the extravaganza that it's become. Right. You know, I, I now they've had fifty five Super Bowls. I played in Super Bowl eight and Super Bowl nine. The, the magnitude of the game was obviously not as big. You know, yeah. not not as big and not as covered and and and. You know, now it's like it's crazy that the the you know the way the the game is is presented to the, uh, the to the world. And, and back then, you know, it was pretty new, early, and they were, you know, they you weren't you didn't have big name acts performing at. Uh, I mean, the halftime okay. show was I think the Tulane marching band. Um, <laughs> so so you know, it was That's a funny. whole it's different. So different. It was a whole, yeah, but it's totally different. You know, and the viewership was was not what it was so 
you know, the red carpet stuff is, uh, you know, I've had my share of red carpet stuff, but it's, you know, what, what does that mean? It's like, it's not a, you know, everybody likes to get their ego stroke, you know, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. pictures with people and, and whatever, but it's, it's like a, it's a, it's a flash, you know, boom, yep. it's done. You know, it's, it's not, it's not I like a sustained can, feeling. Well, you, you know, I mean, it's certainly flattering and it's certainly, you know, uh, you know, it, it, it uh, it's, it's better. It's better to get your picture taken than nobody wanted to take your picture, but you know, that can happen too. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. So would you rather drive a truck or a car, like a four door sedan? Um, when you say truck, I have a, pickup I drive truck. an SUV. I, no, I, I, I don't, you know, a pickup truck to me is not very functional unless you're like, uh, you know, you have a, you have a job <laughs> like, a, like you're a brick or you're a mason or something. Uh, yeah. Know? It's like not as practical. That's funny. Okay. Are you a crest or a Colgate kind of toothpaste guy? Um, I don't know what the difference would be, but. <laughs> I, uh, There's a huge I, difference. Is there? I think. I think. I think Colgate's more grainy. I think it's like <laughs> the most grainy is Arm and Hammer, and then it's Colgate, and then Crest is like it's crisp. I don't know. That's just kind of my opinion. But right now I'm using Arm and Hammer because that's all they had. But I guess if your well, teeth are clean, your teeth are clean. But it matters. It's a, what type well, of guy you are. Well, I mean, are. you know what? It, it, it's a sense of in life of priorities. What's yeah. important to you? I don't even. I don't think about. Uh, <laughs> I don't think if, as long as there's a tube in uh, my on my counter, I'm uh, I'm okay. I love the practicality. Okay, fave place to visit. Like favorite place you've ever gone that you're like I want to keep visiting there. Uh God. Got a couple, but uh, you know, I'm a I'm a pretty avid uh, golfer and fly fisherman. Oh wow! So yeah, so I um, I think my favorite place where I can do both is uh, in Montana, Bozeman. Montana. Wow! I uh, I love that place. We yeah, when before my son was born, my wife and I spent a month there, and we fished and golfed every day. So fun. So, I want to go to Montana so bad. That's like one of the states on my list that I'm like, I would love to go to Montana. So I need to, I need to plan that trip. Um, what is the hardest acting scene that you've ever had to do? <laughs> the hardest acting scene. Yeah. That was like, man, I just had to keep take, like redoing the scene. So many takes. Um, Gosh, I don't know. I think, I think what makes what's made scenes hard for me to do is if I've had to do them at, uh, outside and it's been cold. Yeah. And I mean, I've done scenes that are supposed to be warm, but they're really cold, and you have to pretend that it's warm, and you're freezing your butt off. Um, I don't even think about that. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. That that you know that can be. Uh, yeah, yeah. That, that can be really uncomfortable. You're trying to act and you're freezing your ass off. Yeah. You know? Well, especially because you were the guy that just took his shirt off in the beginning of your acting career. So I can only imagine when it's cold outside yeah. and you're having me shirtless as the summer guy. Yeah, I guy. remember doing this. I did a scene. I was doing, uh, I did a show called Falcon's, Falcon Crest. It was mm -hmm. like one of those Dallas 
dynasty type shows back in the uh, late 80s, early 90s. And I had to do a scene where I was actually in a little creek. Um, and uh, it was freezing. The water was freezing. And I had to go in there and, uh, God, that was a long time ago. I haven't thought about that in a while. Sounds I should have got paid extra for that. For real. <laughs> Goodness. Could have lost a limb. It's so cold. Well, Ed, we are getting to that point in the show where I ask each guest to give the audience something to write down, a nugget of wisdom and words to live by. So, Ed, what is your write it down? Uh, you know, this 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 concept kind of came to me a little bit later in life, even though I think I practiced it, but I don't think I was ever I ever articulated it to myself and it sounds pretty you know kind of duh mm. but when you think about it it's 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 uh important if you in life when you uh you know moving on and and and, and dealing with um you know all the obstacles that you're going to have in life because that's what life is about it's it's you know overcoming obstacles obviously some bigger than others but you know that's what it's it's navigating your life and navigating the world. And I think that, that people, a lot of people in, you know, today feel entitlement. Mm -hmm. And what I would say to them is very simple is life is not fair. It owes you anything. Mm. Now, when you think about it, I mean, life isn't fair. People, good people die young and bad people live to be a hundred. Right. Um, you know, it's, it's, there's every day there's examples of things that are not fair, but it's life. Right. And then fair is not a, you know, it's, there's nothing that's fair. Right. You know, they talk about people paying their fair share. Fair is a, is a relative term. What you think is fair and what another person thinks fair is two different things. Mm -hmm. So fair is a very type of word. But when you, you know, the things are going to happen in your life that you think are unfair, but that's just life. Nice. Yeah. And you have, to, uh, you have to be able to accept it and overcome it, you right. know, and not feel sorry for yourself because, the, you know, there are people who are born with birth defects. Is that fair? No. No. So, so yeah. well, you have to learn to over, I mean, again, like I said, life is, is really a series, you know, just obstacles every day. You got to overcome something, you know, and hopefully can do it in a way that you can enjoy your life. You're not losing the joy that's in your life, but it's still, you know, like, uh, uh and, and sometimes it's just not fair. Yeah. I mean, look at, look, every, every time you turn around, you see somebody, a friend who died young or somebody gets in a car accident or or, or uh, you know something that you don't have any control over right. and if you have expectations that, that you know that you know you you've you know life is being fair to you then you're gonna you know become a victim right you don't want to be a victim. a victim mindset yeah life is hard god is good life isn't fair ed marinero aka the sauce thank you so much for joining us on write it down today i really loved your story and i'm so humbled that you decided to come on this morning well it was my pleasure it was nice meeting you maybe we'll meet in person one day 
Yes, I would love that. Thank you for listening to the Write It Down podcast. This podcast is a part of the 1513 Network. You can catch a variety of shows on their website, 1513.com. If you enjoy listening to Write It Down, please subscribe, share with your friends, and if there's any ink left in your pen, write a review. For more content, follow the fun on Instagram by following at W-I-D-P-O-D. That spells WIDPOD. Super cool. Stands for Write It Down Podcast, but it's abbreviated to WIDPOD. Anyways, thanks for listening, and we will catch you later.